When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, the name, people ask me about the name Tannin Aquatics and how we chose the name. And basically, I'll just read you from our About Us page, which I wrote back in, I don't know, 2015, I think it was. And uh, it says the name Tannin was selected because it's the substance derived from leaves and wood that tints the life-giving waters of tropical rivers and streams with a beautiful brown color that I find so alluring. The dark waters, tangled roots, and earthy colored leaves found off the shores of tropical blackwater rivers, ponds, and streams provide an irresistible subject for hobbyists to replicate in our aquariums. So that was my little, like, I don't want to say mission statement, but that was like, that was our thing. That's how we came up with the name. Now, Look, even though I've been playing with this stuff commercially since 2015, as a hobbyist, I've been dabbling with botanical method aquariums and the idea of black water for around, I don't know, it's probably 20 years now. And the hobbyist, the hobby itself has been doing, you know, black water tanks or what a hobby defines as a black water aquarium for many, many years. It always amuses me when somebody tells us that, you know, you didn't invent this idea as if I ever claim that we did. You got to love our hobby culture though, right? It's self-policing in some respects. <laughs> no, nature was the inventor. We just play with her. We follow her lead, her inspiration. As I like to say in our marketing, we dream in water because that's what we did. We're always thinking about this stuff. Now, what I will claim is that perhaps that maybe we elevated the art just a little bit, perhaps brought it out of the darkness, literally, but we did not invent it. There's no one company that did. Um, even though we've kind of become synonymous in some circles with it, it, it's, it's very flattering, but we absolutely did not invent this. And there's some other fantastic players in the community. My friend Ben with beta botanicals and his sort of specialty of, uh, of, uh, betas is kind of cool. And James at Blackwater UK, who's kind of been, uh, with me with Tannin from almost the beginning doing his thing in the UK and really spreading the, the gospel of natural aquariums there and, he loves to say, copy nature, not each other, which is a, his little catchy tagline. And it's important to do that. But no one invented this. And regardless of who pioneered Blackwater or botanical method aquariums and when, there's still lots of questions surrounding this stuff. There are still so many unknowns, so many misconceptions, and perhaps even a bit of confusion. We're doing our best every day to dispel many of these misconceptions, yet it takes time and hundreds of blog posts and podcasts and all that stuff, and a global community of active hobbyists to really get the word out more that this is really cool stuff that we should all be playing with. Now, often when I'm asked to speak at a club or an event, I'm asked to describe the benefits of the types of aquariums that we all love. And that's something you no doubt will receive now and again from other people too. So I thought today might be a fun opportunity to make some sense to share with you the summary of the main points I like to bring up at such situations. And part of this is I'm headed out to another speaking gig in a few weeks. And uh, I, was, I know that comes up and I was like, yeah, I think I'd probably get a fresh in my, fresh in my you know, response to this. But here it is. 
And of course, as you might come to expect, uh, one of the fundamental questions that we receive often here at Tannen is, well, what are the advantages of a you know, botanical method aquarium and why would I want to even try one? Like, it's like, that's like the hugest broad but very logical question, which I can attempt to answer in equally broad, hopefully logical terms in no particular order at all. Here's some of the many reasons why you might want to embrace the tint, as we say, in your next aquarium. Well, number one, it's different. Okay, that's probably the most fucking vapid reason for this, but whatever. But hey, you asked. I mean, look, anybody can set up a planted aquarium with clear water, colorful fishes, and, you know, natural substrate or whatever, gravel. It takes an adventurous aquarist to try something truly different. You know, brown water, decomposing leaves, detritus, biofilms, fungal growths, just like in nature. It's a totally different aesthetic experience than we're used to, which requires definite mental shifts in order to embrace and to be comfortable with. And it requires us to learn, to understand ecology. Just the appearance is the most banal and and superficial of all. But that's obviously what captures people's attention. But yeah, it's different. It's not just about the aesthetics, but they play a huge role in this stuff. It's really different. I, I tell this story all the time. You're probably sick of hearing it, but I remember during my tenure, tenure as a co-owner of, um, you know, Unique Corals, a coral propagation important retail company. We used to get comments, or I would get comments from reefers and marine aquarium experts who traveled who came into my office, which with its earth tones and wood looked nothing like what you'd expect from like a major reef coral guy. It was kind of funny. And people would check out this little high concept 20 gallon black water aquarium that I had there. It was no biotope, trust me. Uh, in fact, Johnny Ciotti helped me put together something cool. He's like, let's do something that looks like that'll really catch people's attention. So I had him do the wood in this kind of cool way, but it was Blackwater Aquarium. And literally a typical comment was like, mm, dude, I think you need to change the water in there. It looks kind of dirty, huh? I mean, it was priceless shit. I used to hear that all the time. So yeah, it's different. I realized it was different and that doesn't define the whole concept, but it describes it fairly accurately. Now, point number two is that many fishes come from habitats that have all these materials in them and have perhaps tinted water, biofilms, fungal growths, all that kind of stuff. And it's a more appropriate environment for them. I mean, although many fishes like tetras, cichlids, resbora, and discus, just a few that come to mind, are bred in typically harder alkaline tap water captive conditions, I personally have yet to see one of those species which doesn't seem to look better to be healthier and act more naturally in a environment that has decomposing leaves, tinted water, fungal growth, all that stuff. We've talked about this idea before and I still believe in it. Yeah, in a tremendous tinge of irony, you actually need to acclimate these fishes, which have traditionally been kept in more, you know, hard alkaline tap water conditions in aquariums to softer, more acidic black water or botanical method aquarium conditions. You have to do it slowly and yeah, you need to apply common sense, but I believe the benefits for your animals will become very evident over time. There have been studies, which we've talked about many times, which indicate that materials like catapa leaves do indeed provide some potential antifungal or antimicrobial benefits because of the compounds they contain. But I would certainly not use this disease prevention thing as the sole justification for utilizing botanicals and creating blackwater aquariums. That's a whole lot of marketing bullshit in my opinion, but I'd rather take or make the argument that when coupled with good overall husbandry, a well-managed botanical method aquarium can provide an environment which is more consistent with that which many of the fishes that we keep have evolved to live in over eons. And 
this is a generally healthy way to keep them. You know, humic substances and other compounds, re- you know, released by botanicals are thought by scientists to be essential for the health of many fishes. And in, you know, botanical method or blackwater aquariums, there's a significant concentration of this stuff present pretty much all the time. Now, look, our botanical method aquariums cannot be called the best option for many fishes. It's just a really good option and it's one worth investigating more. Now, my other point, uh, because people ask a lot about plants. Now, a planted aquarium with tinted water embraces different elements than a traditional planted aquarium does. We get a lot of interest from, you know, hardcore planted aquarium enthusiasts. And these people are super knowledgeable about plants. Uh, but planted, you know, black water or again, I use that term. It's one of those things I, I could just hear the conversations that that Ben and Jim and I have on this stuff. But uh botanical and blackwater, I kind of use them interchangeably, which I probably shouldn't, but blackwater is a very hobby definition of blackwater, but blackwater aquariums are starting to become a thing, which is cool. We're seeing more and more amazing planted, you know, blackwater or tinted aquariums ranging from artistic to biotopic style systems. Uh, And it's cool. Obviously our style of system, uh, our, our style of aquarium is a bit different than the typical type of system that we'd maintain plants under. And yeah, you may not be able to keep every single type of aquatic plant in a blackwater tank. You, you want to research which plants specifically hail from these environments and can adapt and thrive under these conditions. I've talked about this ad nauseum and talked about it just recently, but it's the usual suspects with cephalandra, cryptocurine, sword plants, etc., etc., etc. There's there's many, 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 many others. So yes, the other question uh, people ask about is what can you do with this stuff and. I would say, you know, point number four is that botanical method aquariums do lend themselves to amazing aesthetics, particularly hardscapes. And I know we're back to the superficial stuff again, but hey, this is a hobby and it's supposed to be fun and enjoyable. And this is cool. And if this is how I can get people, if this is the gateway drug by saying, hey, it looks cool into this method and starting experimenting and and sharing, I'm willing to do that. By virtue of their, you know, unique physical attributes, botanical materials like seed pods, leaves and stems and bark and all that stuff can help us create some very, very interesting aesthetics. Sure, you can combine them with more traditional materials like wood and stone, you know, to create a really unique aesthetic experience for many hobbyists. The ability to express yourself creatively with different aquatic elements or different botanical elements can't really be overlooked by avid aquascapers. If that's what you're into, do it. That's cool. You're still playing with it and you don't have to keep the water brown, right? There's other intangibles of experimenting with, you know, botanical method aquariums. And first off, one of the things that we talk about a lot is a greater understanding of the relationship between fishes and their aquatic environment, both chemically and physically. When you're using materials which are highly interactive, with their aquatic surroundings like leaves and botanicals, you can use them to your advantage and to give fishes more of what we call functionally aesthetic habitats. You'll want to research this stuff. It's interesting stuff. Ecology is fascinating. And speaking of environments, these types of aquariums will often make you do some research before you set one up, you know, like looking at an actual natural habitat instead of last month's, you know, tank of the month or the last great contest entry or whatever. It's a process that opens up your imagination and increases your awareness about the wild habitats of our fishes, how they evolved, where they are, and the threats that they face to their existence. Big picture stuff. The, the, the biotope aquarium crowd knows this already. It's good that more people are sort of coming to the party and playing with this stuff. It's a big world out there and not necessarily one that looks like we might expect. There's literally endless possibilities to research. Just 
all kinds of crazy environments and ecological niches that we haven't thought about. It's important to understand the ecology. That, I think, is the key to unlocking it, and that's what makes this so damn interesting. Um, the other point that is really important is botanical method aquariums almost force us <laughs> force us to deploy patients, and that's a huge thing as we discuss a lot. Good stuff in aquariums almost never happens quickly, especially in botanical influence systems where the seed pods, leaves, and other materials break down over time and recruit biofilms and fungal growths and other microorganisms. They're almost ephemeral in existence, gradually imparting you know, organics and tannins and other compounds into the water. And as they decompose, it, it requires time, patience, monitoring, and sort of attention to allow one of these systems to evolve to its full potential. You can't rush it. These mindset shifts that are so different than what's going on in the hobby right now are really, really essential. They're great skills to take into almost every hobby practice, but they're especially mandatory when it comes to the botanical method, in my opinion. The other point is that by setting up one of these aquariums and playing with it, you're part of something bigger. You're in the ground floor of a new botanical method movement. Again, people have played with seed pods, leaves, and woods before, but I don't think with the mindset that we've you know, been talking about for the last seven or eight years. In other words, hobbyists who incorporate botanicals and all this stuff into their aquarium nowadays are looking at things more holistically, embracing natural processes like the breakdown of materials, the accumulation of biofilms, and even the occasional spot of algae as part of the environment to be studied and enjoyed rather than to be loathed, feared, and you know, scrubbed out. You'll want to experiment with the idea of evolving systems to represent seasonal dynamics, niche habitats, stuff that pushes the boundaries of what's normally done in the hobby. The, the urban agapo and varzea environments that we've talked about are so much more than the typical paludarium or whatever. We're talking about an operating, seasonally fluctuating uh, aquarium that's dry and then wet and dry again. Very different, very unique, very fun, and, and very educational. We're learning more about the interactions between our fishes and their environments and the relationship between land and water and how intimately tied these two are. That's one of the reasons I flooded forests and these ephemeral habitats like uh, flooded meadows and so forth are, are fascinating to me because there's that ecological shift that takes place during the wet and dry seasons. And you realize how dependent the organisms in both the wet and dry season are on that are on each other on that environment when you embrace things a little more open-minded like this new types of environmental simulations are possible with new secrets to learn new things to unlock i could probably go on four hours which i have done by the way talking up you know the key takeaways from botanical method aquariums and more natural aquariums in general uh, however, I think the benefits can best be understood by simply creating one and enjoying it, learning from nature in an unedited, you know, an unedited manner, watching it evolve just like it does in the wild for eons without overextending our management based on, you know, hobby standard, purely aesthetic considerations. We're going to continue our mission of inspiring, educating and prodding you when necessary to take the plunge and move into new directions. That's what we do. At Tannin, we've done our best to aggregate all kinds of natural materials for you to work with to create these unique displays. We're constantly researching and refining and tweaking and helping you do this. But it's not all about selling you product or getting you to buy, you know, be brand loyal to us or any of our colleagues in the, in the industry. It's about understanding this movement, understanding the things that we talked about here, the relationship between fishes and their habitat, the relationship between land and water. The idea of remaining patient and understanding and letting things evolve and not being too heavy-handed and being deft and um, observant and, you know, the delicate touch. 
Okay, <laughs> I'm going on and on, but that, that's the most cursory quick list of things that entered my mind, talking points, reasons why the botanical style systems are something that we, or botanical methods, excuse me, still called botanical style, but these are something that we feel you should be playing with in an aquarium. Since many of you might be new to this, it seems like as good a time as any to sort of touch these talking points. But to those of you that aren't and occasionally run into people that either are new to this or new to the hobby or just wanting to know what the heck your brown tank is all about, hopefully this gives you some talking points, some stuff to run upon. Um, more often than not, we see people, what I'm really getting a kick out of is we see people sharing their aquariums on social media, like Instagram and Facebook. And um, I love the props and credit that I get. It's really cool. But I love when people start using the similar language that we're using. You know, when they talk about things that are ephemeral, they talk about substrates, they talk about sediments and um, ecology and biofilms and patients and all this stuff. We have a common language which is forming in this movement, which to me is just not only fascinating, it's gratifying, it's really exciting because together as a movement, we're learning a lot and we're sharing it, which is just terrific. So hopefully this will be enough to kick you over the edge if you were kind of wondering about what this tinted water crap is all about or to use as a track to run on to inspire others if you're called upon at your local club or just speaking with other fish geeks or on a forum or whatever to answer why you like this stuff. The endless opportunities for experimentation, creativity, expression, and education are just a few of the amazing habitats that we're going to continue to enjoy as we open our eyes and our minds to new and very different approach to aquarium keeping. Yeah, we dream in water. So why don't you join us? Stay inspired, stay creative, stay open-minded, stay observant, stay patient, stay enthralled, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Bellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.